And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, essay for a big podcast. We're essay for a David K. Montoya podcast. <laughs> the game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. And see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Since we're no exception, this is What We Think. Hi, I'm S. Sadie Burbank. And I am David K. Montoya. Welcome. All right. So we're going to jump right to it, and we're going to tease the listeners. Oh, goody. Because as soon as you walked in... Now, first I should say, if if you're not listening, or if you're a first-time listener, or you just recently started listening, you may not know. I'm writing a animated movie off of my comic book character named Yoltnum. And over the weekend, I've decided that I didn't like where I was going. So I went back, I went back, and I think it was like 39 pages in. Um, because at the time, the first draft was 69 pages. So I went back 39 pages and found a particular spot. And I just, I was like, okay, well, what would happen if I went this direction instead of the direction I was writing? Opened up a whole different story. And I just like, ooh, this is much, much better. That's really cool. That's cool. So I I tossed the 39 pages and I'm going to rewrite. Well, it's not a rewrite because I'm telling a different story now. Right, right. But I promised you a long time ago that I was going to put you in the film. Yeah. And we had talked about the bars made, and, and then earlier this month we talked about how it wouldn't be appropriate for bars made to be rude to a samurai. Even though it'd be funny, comic relief, it just wouldn't yeah. be viable. Yeah. So, well, like I told you, it wouldn't be, no, nobody gets, nobody gets hot with a samurai. Right. Not even another samurai. Not unless they want to fight. Um, and in fact, the law is, and I watched a thing last night on samurais. Samurai, if they feel offended, mm-hmm. they could cut your head off. Yeah. And all they had to do was say, well, number one, I'm a samurai, and they offended me. Right. In the case. Right. That, right. That's it. Right. So we were sitting uh, a couple weeks back now, and you said... Who would they say that to anyhow? You don't question a samurai. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um but a couple of weeks back, we were trying to think of something, and, and you something said something else I could, yeah, be, yeah. And you said that you you would want to be up a, a madam, right, right. And where I was at with the script, I was like, well, I'm going to have to go back, find a piece where it'll fit, and I'll make this whole thing work. Well, one of the things that I did as I'm going this new direction is the main characters, a Yotnom and his his uh, protege, mm-hmm. they're going through a town. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a madam standing outside. As she would be. And she's going to be, you know, oh, Master Samurai, I know you have money. Mm-hmm. I know you, you've been a long journey. You need comfort, you know, that kind of thing. That's yeah. what I have in my head. Well, anyway, there's three different sets of dialogues that I have in my head for this particular scene. Uh-huh. And next week, folks... <laughs> S. Sadie Burbank is going to audition those three scenes. <laughs> and, and this is where I'm going to make it interactive. 
the listener they get to pick. chooses what direction okay. that the character will go. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Why not? Why not? So, um, this is... Because, see, in the original version of, of where I went, I was still going through a very comic book-oriented way of telling the story. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, with a lot of comic books, there's a lot of drama and a lot of, of, of digging into the, the, the character. Mm-hmm. As where, the more I, I watch Japanese films, Japanese samurai films, mm-hmm. to be, you know, be exact, though there is a lot of that in there, it isn't as much as American comic book writing. There is more, it, it's more about the art of fighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and not even the 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 killing or you know the actual fight itself it's mm-hmm. the art of fighting right and, well, uh, and it's it's it, not to interrupt but it's almost ceremonial yes yes in, in its portrayal actually the the ritualistic uh moves that are made from from you know from the first eye contact to the first blood drawn. It's it's all very ritualistic, ceremonial. Well, and it's funny you say that because they were talking about this, and I didn't know this. Okay, say there's two older samurais, mm-hmm. and they decide that they're going to duel. Mm-hmm. Number one, even while they're fighting, they never stop looking at each other. They're looking at each other dead mm-hmm. on in the eyes, mm-hmm. which is mind-blowing because how the fuck do you know? You know, you must have some really good peripheral vision. Well, you do, but... You know, you know what's coming by the moves that are being made. Right. There's only one proper, correct way they'll go. So you already know that. Right. That's how you know what you're going to do. But the thing it's because I, you already know what they're going to do. That's true. It's there's one way to do it. Right. But the thing I love the most, and this is between the older, respected samurai, their blades never touch. Out of respect for the blood that was spilled on their blades. They never touch blades. That seems reasonable. So there's a lot of hand movement, you know, right, movement in, right. in the the wrist and the blade Not itself. Not a lot of clank, clank, clank. Right. Going on. Yeah. As, as much as, as you would see in uh, Errol Flynn and yes. Robin Hood movies or whatever, like medieval, uh, right. you know, that kind of thing. Right. Because for that culture, which just kind of blew my mind, I was like, wow, you know, that's that's a level of respect because you're going to kill this person. Mm-hmm. But you still respect them. Well, you still do it in a respectful way, and it's, it's you could you could study from now until you had a long gray beard, and you'd still have to study a lot more to understand a lot of that culture and its rituals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, and um, it's very involved, very involved. This is going to be more, even though it's animated, mm-hmm. it's being written as if it was to be like live action, because I, I think that's where it's getting lost. Is I wish people. it had enough money, wish we had enough money to do that technique that they did in, uh, you know the name of that movie, because you always correct me when I say it wrong, <laughs> The North that North Pole movie. Oh, um, Polar yeah. Express. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that animation technique I like now. Funny because Bob, my 
youngest son doesn't, uh-huh. doesn't care for it at all. But I love it. I think it's it it does what you're just talking about. It takes you, it blends rather the the comic book ness in with the real life ness, so to speak. And I you know I think it's a great technique myself, but it's not cheap. No, yeah. no. Yeah. We're talking millions, millions. We're talking Spielberg change, yes, and and uh, Lucas change and stuff like that. That change, that kind of change, we don't have. No, no, no. But But, we can dream. (laughs) Yes, there's always a sequel. Yeah, well, there is that, or a prequel, as is so often the case lately. Seems like most of the sequels are not; they're prequels. But anyway, well, technically, this is a prequel to the comic book. Yeah. See, so there you go. Um, so this is going to be... It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I'll audition. It'll be a cold reading, so they'll have to, <laughs> they'll have to cut me a little slack. Yeah. I mean, I'm, but not, I... I'm not a professional actress by any stretch. Um. I act out a little at home, but <laughs> <laughs> those are lines I've read for 50 years. Yeah. So I know them by heart now. And as I'm writing, I hear Ian in my head for a Jotunheim, and I'm just mm. like, I'm, I'm like throffing at the mouth. Mm-hmm. I really want to hear him say those, those lines, because he's just got that. He's you got know, that. You know, he'd be real good as one of the samurai. He's a Jotunheim. He's the oh, lead he character. is. Oh well, hello. <laughs> See, I know. I got it all on the ball. That's what I was saying. Is is he? <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll be he's very the lead. good. He'll be very good because he's got that. He's got that. He's got that voice. Voice, yeah. And he can control the flux in it, yeah. you know, to where there's there's parts of it where I want him just to say it almost as dry as possible, with almost no emotion. Yeah. And then there's some parts, you know, where he's like yelling and and you know something interesting. Yeah. I didn't think about this until I was typing this up. For as much as I cuss, there is not one swear word in this well, movie. Well, you've you've been. Let me let me step aside from that for a second. Okay. Uh swear words as we know them, like the the faves, you know, fuck shit, damn, piss. Yeah. The whole and the C word that I don't use. Yeah. Um those words are not prevalent and certainly were not prevalent in old Japanese, but they're right. not prevalent in the Japanese language. They you know, if they want to call somebody a, a shithead, they call them a Son of a sea cook or something. I mean, you right, know, it's right. not uh, that even modern Japanese movies, when, uh, when you see the English subtitles for yes. them, they don't have bleepables as we know them. So, um, it's kind of understandable that those wouldn't crop up in Excuse me, in your in your story, because that they would be way out of place. Yeah, yeah, totally out of place. Um, there's, the I ex- mean, there might be a couple, right? But and I don't know a lot of excuse me, but a lot of ours come from um, uh, a religious cultural background that isn't there in Japanese too. Mm. Okay. Like the dam, yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's no damning in Buddhism, right? You know, and and hell and all of that kind of stuff, you know. So it's it's there's there are several reasons why they wouldn't. That makes sense. That makes be appropriate. Sense. Yeah. 
but there is like um it's called Afro Samurai. It's really good. I, I watched the entire series. Had a, a slew of profanity. And I was actually surprised about how how much and it was um Afro Samurai? Yeah, Afro Samurai. Hmm. Uh, the samurai's uh name is Afro. Did he have one? Yes, he did. He had a very large Afro. Well, there you go. But That's, it, that would that'd be strange looking right there. Did I tell you Ernie used to have a fro years ago? Yeah, I've seen a picture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> now the poor guy hasn't got enough hair to wad an ass ass with. But that's okay. <laughs> that's the way it goes. <clears throat> I should apologize to the listeners. I was listener. just going to say, we should tell everybody the reason you're hacking your brains out is because you just gotten over a cold. So Yeah, um, I, were, I woke up Friday morning to take Jaden to school, and mm. I was feeling really, really miserable. Mm. And um, by the time it was time for me to go to work, my throat was scratchy my chest was burning and so i got you know some vitamin c i I downed a lot of you know oj um took some medicine and it moved from my chest up to my sinuses and it turned into a full-on coat code cold you got a coated your toes (laughs) yes and um Wow. Now, now yeah. this it's just the congestion. Congest- I can't yeah. talk. I noticed that. You are having <laughs> verbal difficulties tonight. That's cool. But, yeah, that's pretty much all that's left is the congestion. There's oh, no... That's, good. that's uh, good. I don't have no runny nose or anything like that. It's Very So, good. by tomorrow or by Wednesday, I'll be back to You'll myself. You'll be back to normal. Just in time to eat, eat yourself silly on Thursday. Yes, because Lacey made, what was it? She made it on Friday, and I was pissed. She made Velveeta macaroni shells. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love, you know, macaroni and cheese, mm-hmm. anything, macro- or shell, you know, noodle right. with Velveeta cheese. Oh, my yeah. God, I love it. And you couldn't I eat. couldn't taste it. Oh. I still ate it. Yeah. <laughs> though I couldn't taste, taste it. it. I was like, bummer. God damn it! <laughs> That's but. why you drink soup when you're sick, because you can't taste it anyway. That's what we had on. I know. I saw it on Facebook. She yeah. took a picture of your chicken soup. Yeah. <laughs> she asked me. She goes, "What do you want to eat for dinner?" And I was like, uh, "I'm going to get the stuff you make. You know, chicken soup." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I couldn't taste it, but it felt so good going down. <laughs> yeah, when you're sick, there's something about chicken soup. You know. The only thing That's that would have made it better is if you know I just ate and went back to sleep, but mm. unfortunately. I'm, you have to go well, to work. I have to go to work. Yeah. Well, there is that income issue. Yeah. Yeah. Damn income. Yeah. So. So uh, anyway. I've been yapping and yapping about what I've been up to. Um, what have you been up to? We haven't really talked about what you've been up to lately. Work-wise, you mean? What yeah. Have I been up to? Well, you know, I was, I was, I, I had a real good start on on the book, on recording the uh-huh. book. As you know, I had microphone microphone issues right. and and Program issues. echo issues and programming issues, and I was having trouble going back and forth. And it's like because even my own work, I cannot just sit down and read it <clears throat> without messing up. I mean, it's amazing. You would think that I could just sit and read it and rattle it right off, and right. it would be perfect. But no, it doesn't work that way. And so I was constantly making boo-boos, 
constantly having to back up. And the whole idea behind me doing it the way I was doing it was to keep you from having to go through it and do all the editing and everything. So we fell back, regrouped, got a new program, which I think is going to work for us. And then I tried working with that, but I hadn't learned it all that well. And right. so I had to come back over here and go through it again with me doing all the stuff so I could learn it. Da, 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 da. And then <clears throat> we tested by, I, don't, uh, I have a gravelly throat tonight too. We tested with Mike and without Mike and we decided that no mic works just as well as with the mic. Right. So there's one less thing to mess with. Well, we should also say that you have a very nice Mac. I do have a nice Mac, yeah. So, um, the microphone, on the, the Mac mic <laughs> works really good, well, and, uh, and so now I would have <laughs> been working on it, except it's fucking Thanksgiving. Right. And so all my free time is devoted to knocking out as many pre-Thanksgiving cooking things as I can. In the days prior to the day. Right. Because at my age, I can't do six or seven hours standing in the kitchen anymore. I just can't. It's, I just can't. <laughs> it kills me. And so I'm, like today I made some cranberry relish. Um, I got the wild rice cooked for the stuffing. I've got, uh, I'm going to make up the pie filling. So all I have to do is just pour it into the, pie shells and bake them that day. Um, you know, little things like that. I'm trying to get out of the way because, um, well, you don't cook, no. but you've watched Lacey cook lots oh, of times. Yeah. And you know there's a hundred things to do, you know, especially for um, a traditional turkey dinner. Okay? Right. You got to get the potatoes peeled. You got to get them cooked. You got to get them mashed. You got to make this and that for the gravy and this and that, 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 that. And it's time-consuming. So I'm trying to get as much of that done ahead of time as I possibly can. So on the day... You have everything ready. I, well, and I don't have to spend all my time in the kitchen. Because contrary to popular opinion, it isn't all that much fun. <laughs> you know, I it, mean, I know the guys think it is, you know, because they get to sit in on the couch with the beer and watch the football games while mom and every, all the women are in the kitchen, you know, but... It's just me and him now. Right. You know, and he knows, although we've never really, it's never come to that level, but he knows that there's no fucking way I'm going to spend five hours on my feet in the kitchen while he sits on his ass in front of the computer all day long. It ain't going to happen. So, and I won't let him do much because he'd say, you know, I'll help. Right. I'll, you know, well, that's fine, but he really doesn't know anything about what to do. He has excellent cooking skills, like he makes a killer cheesecake, for example. Yes. But he doesn't know anything about how I want the stuffing made or the potatoes cooked or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So it's pretty much stuff I have to do on my own anyhow. That's my doing. I right. get that. But at the same time, there will be things he will be doing to help. He will be helping. <laughs> it's not going to be just me doing all the work and him sitting on his ass waiting for me to serve turkey dinner. No, 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 no. Now, I know this, by the time this airs, it'll actually be a week after. It'll be after Thanksgiving, yes. Um, so I, I hope you guys still have some <laughs> Bear leftovers. Bear with us. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're eating turkey sandwiches or turkey tacos. Our, 
our favorite leftover turkey tacos. Turkey tacos, awesome. I taught I told Lacey how to make them because I was telling her about them, and she said, "Oh, we never had turkey tacos." You just take a tortilla, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, slice of turkey. Uh, you can fry it, you know, with the turkey in the tortilla. Right. You know, flip it over a couple times till it's the way you like it, or you can make the shells like she does and then just put the slice of turkey in and then you just put everything else in that you do for a taco. I know this Love is them. this is post Thanksgiving, but talking about turkey and sandwiches, mm-hmm. I, I got a, a story to tell you. Okay. And it's it's kind of a cute story. Okay. In nineteen ninety six, Lacey and I got married. We got married in uh January of nineteen ninety six. And Shortly thereafter, probably about seven, well, actually, it was seven months after, it was in July, we ended up moving out to Arkansas. And mind you, by this time, we were both kids. We were still, I had just turned 19 that May. She was 19, you know, in that November. She was going into her 20s. And we didn't have much. I mean, one of the, how do I say this? One of the best things that my biological father ever did for me, he rented a converted house uh, that was converted into an apartment. Mm. He put the money down to move us in. And he goes, he he put the money down, we moved in. He goes, okay, the rest is up to you. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. I didn't have nothing. But he he put me in a situation that was sink or swim. Right. So that's probably the best thing he ever right. did for me. Yeah. Well, we were just uh, CNAs. You know, nursing home CNAs out in the South at that. We lived in Arkansas. We, we barely made any money. Right. And though Lacey wanted a big Thanksgiving dinner, the only thing that we could afford were pre-made turkey sandwiches. <laughs> Bummer. So for our well, very, was turkey. <laughs> our very first Thanksgiving together, that's, that's pre-made, what we had. Pre-fed turkey sandwiches. We had. Wow. Uh, we had a bottle of Dr. Pepper, a uh, bag of chips, and we each had a turkey sandwich. That's cool. That's cool. That's kind of like our, our beef stew Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. Well, that makes you appreciate. I know, uh, like you say, it's before Thanksgiving, but you got a big bird sitting in the sink in there, and that's that's cool because, you know, while you're still not like um, Mr. Wealthy, at least things are way better than they were. Oh yeah, you know way. I wasn't. I I'm not making a buck seventy five an hour. No, no, I know, I know. I, I was so excited, and, and no, no kidding. This was in the 1990s, folks. But this was in Arkansas. Um, I went in. They hired me uh, as a NA, which was a nursing assistant. I didn't have the certification. I was waiting to take my test. Right. Back then, a non-certified nursing assistant made a dollar seventy-five an hour. But once I got the certification, I jumped up to a whole three dollars and twenty-five cents an hour. So That's good money in those days. So that means I, I would have to work one hundred hours to make three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it was way better than you were doing, you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, way we, better. we were. It, it, that was during the whole corn sequence, you know, when we ate corn for like a month oh, and all yeah, that. Yeah. That's what that was. And now a word from our sponsors. 
Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. But uh-huh. it, it's, it's kind of different now because I have a different drive. You know, I for me... Well, you have different resources, too. Yes. Everything's different, actually. Different responsibilities, different everything. And I guess just just what happens when you get older. Yeah, well, you would expect to have, I mean, goodness gracious, you would expect to have things different, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. You certainly wouldn't want to stay like you were then. No. Well, you'd still be in Arkansas. (laughs) That's true. Many drawbacks there. No, no, uh, 
offense to the Arkansanians or Arkansans. Arkansans, thank you, that uh, may be listening. No, it was, um, you know, to be completely honest with you, it was a miracle. It, it is a miracle. We got married. Lacey was 19. She she had just turned 19. I was 18 when we got married. Mm. We were babies. Oh, yeah. That and was, I was 18 when I got married, and she, that was done then. Right. When I got married, I was married in 1959. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, and that was what you did then when you were a young woman. If you got married, or you didn't, and if you didn't, you better have a damn good reason, like you were going for your PhD somewhere. Or right. Some shit, you know, that was not happening for me. But so. for us, you know, it wouldn't. It'd be what seven years? We'd be married for seven, six, seven years before we'd even have Jaden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just and it kind of blows my mind when I sit and think about it because now you know, like you're just saying, everything's different then. Mm-hmm. But there was no kids. There was no. It was just her and I, and that yeah. was it. Yeah. Things were so different. And back it's then. a good thing too because you need that time to grow up. A little. When you get married at that early age, you know, like I said, when in 59, it was still very, very ordinary for young people at that age to get married. Right. Um, The babies didn't come so much faster then either. Actually, in my case, I was 24 before I got pregnant, or 23, rather. But you need that time together to get to know each other. Right. I don't care how well you know somebody, you don't know them at all until you start living with them. That's true. You know, married or not, you 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 really need to live with somebody if you're going to ever get to know them. You know, and of course in my day, <clears throat> that's what you did. You got married and lived with them. These days you live with them and then get married. Right. Which actually is a lot smarter. It makes more <laughs> sense. Yeah, it does. A lot smarter. I'm for shacking up. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm not necessarily for having the babies early on in a relationship just because of the fact that, like I said, you don't know each other. You hardly know if you want to live with that person, let alone whether you want to bring another person into the world to live with them too. Well, interesting enough, when Lacey and I first got together, I didn't want kids. Oh yeah, I was too self-centered. Yeah. It was. It was well, more. Well, you are at eighteen, nineteen years of age as a as a guy. <clears throat> right. Well, as a girl too, for that matter. You're still, a, you're still a kid yourself, and kids are geared, chromosomally. I think the kids are kids are geared to be self centered. That's how they get the things they need. Right. That's why a baby cries. A baby cries because it fucking wants something to eat, <sighs> or it's wet. Right. You know, it isn't happy. And crying is how they get attention. That's what a baby does. Right. Well, there's no difference between a baby and an 18-year-old, except the 18-year-old can verbalize instead of standing there crying. Doesn't mean they will, but they can. <laughs> right. Basically, though, they're doing the same thing. They still want for themselves. You know, and it takes a while for people, as they grow, especially at age 18, when they're just finding out that they can do things and get away with it, you know, because in a lot of places, 18 <clears throat> years of age is almost of age. Right. You know, for a lot of things, it is of age. And yes. so, they, you are know, like, oh, man, I can do this and I can do that. And nobody will say anything. And da, 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 you know. 
Well, that They're was still kids. Yeah, They're still kids. You know. And, and somewhere along the line, I I think I forgot that <laughs> because it was just for me at 18 years old. I was just hot to get out of oh, the yeah. house. Of course, you wanted you you had you had family issues that you needed to get away from too. So that's understandable. So it was. Uh, but it's also understandable that you didn't want to have kids. Now it's funny, Bob. When as a, as a youngster, he used to babysit a lot, mm-hmm. and he loved it. He especially loved babysitting babies, infants. Huh. And he was good at it, you know. And he was very careful with them, and and played with them, and fed them, and burped them, and changed them, and all that kind of stuff. He was very very good with it. And he always used to say, Mommy, when I grow up, I'm going to have eight or nine kids. You know, and I go, okay, yeah, you say that now. Talk to me after the first one or two, yeah. you know. But uh, I'd say, okay, you know, whatever. Whatever you want to do, you can, you know, find a way to do it. And uh, so then when he and his ex-wife were almost first married, they wound up having to take care of the a two-year-old son of a relative, okay, a close family relative, and they had apparently they, I mean, he was like living in and pretty much they were mommying and daddying mm-hmm. him, okay, and the kid was not only in the terrible two stage that you're going through with Zoe right now, but also um, there was. Uh, Drugs were part of the dysfunctionality of the family. Oh, okay. So, how much of that was in him, literally, physically, from birth? I don't know. Right, right. Okay, but I do know that the child was exceptionally difficult to put up with as a child. Now, it's interesting because Bob corresponds with this guy now as a grown man. Really? Yeah. But, um, Back in the day, when he was a little two-year-old, he was just a bit on the much side. And as a result of them taking care of them, I said, nah, I guess I don't want kids after all. And they never had children. They divorced after about five years. Um, and to this day, as far as I know, he does not regret not having any children. He's very glad he didn't. He uh, it it really well as you know you've gone through it twice now you're going through it a second time having um having to go through that very difficult age with little ones yes can turn you off to parenthood really, oh yes really fast it it certainly uh, squelched my interest in parenting uh for the most part although that age wasn't as bad for me because I was very lucky. My kids were very well-behaved, two-year-olds, uh, each in his own turn. But um, when they got to the point where they started asking a lot of <coughs> questions, that's where it was hard for me. Because I, I didn't know the answers to the questions they were asking. And it used to drive me nuts. I mean, right. they, they were like little sponges. Everything you said, they just soaked it up, you know. And they were constantly, Mommy this, Mommy that. Why this? Why that? And I, and I just... Mm. Because kids are parasites. That's that's what they do. Right. That's how they survive. They're little parasites. And it can get to you after a while. I, I wasn't um I was not the best mommy in the world to my kids when they got to that age. I know I wasn't. Because I, I you know, I tried. Now their dad was real good at it. He could pull it off, you know. 
he could he could lie with the best of them. <laughs> you know, and David would ask him a question, and he'd give him an answer. Whether it was right or not, he'd give him an answer. And I never could do that. It just didn't feel right to me. I, uh, I, I couldn't lie to my kids, and that's kind of what it was, was, you know, just right. making up something to shut them up. Um, I found that difficult to, to do. So, but in any case, um, you know, they're okay now. Right. You know, and, and, but no, he didn't want any, didn't want any kids after that. It's, it's interesting that you segue because, you know, Jaden had to go to Loma Linda, you mm-hmm. know, um, Thursday. In fact, I think I might have gotten this while I was down in Loma oh, Linda. That's a medical facility for those of you who do not know what Loma Linda is. Um, and Zoe was up and, and she was doing something. Oh, she brought me her bottle. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wanted milk. Mm-hmm. And my mom had just come in. We were getting ready to leave. And then, and I was rushing, you know, because Lacey was still asleep. So I just walked in. I opened her bottle, rinsed it out, just kind of swish, swish, right. dump it, poured milk in it. And my mom was saying something about bacteria. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you do realize this is my second child, right? <laughs> You know, my first one's still alive. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, there's a commercial right now too, where they the they show the mommy with the the little infant in her arms, and and a little girl says, "Can I hold her?" And she goes, "Well, yes. Now you do this, and you do that, and you do this, and you hold her head just so." And then, and then, and then, and then, baby number two comes along, and it's like she's she's okay. Go run, play in traffic. It's okay. See you later. <laughs> you know that kind of that is the. Not exactly the way the commercial works, of course, but it's the same idea. Yeah, we all get that way with the second and third and fourth. And but it's, it's well, yeah, because... Well, somebody said in a movie, uh, I was watching an old movie again, because that's all I watch. Um, uh, one guy was having his first kid, and uh, or had his first kid, didn't know how in the world he was going to get through taking care of it, because the kid was a problem with this and a problem with that. And he says to his friend, I don't know how you do it. You've got nine kids. And he goes, when you got nine kids, they raise themselves. And that's pretty well true. You know, the more the more, the merrier kind of thing. And, right. they, and they do play with one another. And, you know, Bob or David, rather, my oldest boy, taught my youngest boy how to pee in a toilet. You know, because Bobby followed him around like a little puppy dog, you know. So when David had to go pee, Bobby had to go pee. Oh. And he'd stand at the toilet. In his diaper, you know, while David's standing there peeing, Bobby's standing there pretending to pee in his little diaper because that's what Big Brother was doing. You know? Right, so right. Once I saw what was going on, I'm like, oh, dude, okay, here's what's going to happen. We're going to make this work for us, you know. So David potty trained Bobby for me. So And they do that, They, you know, because there, there's certain paternal or maternal instincts that will come out of even the youngest of children right and they'll they'll help one another along you know the the big brother thing you know here this is how i did it and i got away with it so maybe it'll work for you kind of a deal you know so yeah they were very close that way and to some extent they still are jane and zoe they have a very interesting relationship that i've noticed i would imagine jaden's a 12 year old young man with autism yes Zoe's a two-year-old ball of fire girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that that at the very least it's an interesting relationship. I've seen the two interact, and I've I've been interested watching Jaden's uh, verbalizations with her, uh-huh. and because 
it's hard for me to follow Jay sometimes verbally. It's, right. it's hard for me to know what he's talking about. Um <coughs> uh, and I, it's somehow or other that works uh, on a 2-year-old's level. Yes. It's interesting, you know. Because they do they, they manage to yeah. communicate. Yeah. And she, and you listen to her. I listen to her. And I don't know what the hell she said most of the time. And you'll tell me. Well, she said so-and-so. And I'm like, uh, really? Uh, okay. <laughs> but he gets it. Yes. Jay gets it. When she talks to him in her little baby talk, he understands her too. He knows what she's saying. <laughs> it's kind of cute. It's interesting because he, he, I'm trying to think of how, how I can explain this. Um, we have a, a big screen TV which is hooked up to the Nintendo, mm -hmm. and he was sitting uh, in a rocking chair in front of the big screen. He was playing his Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Well, Zoe brought in a transparent tub. You know, it was probably one of those. Um, what is that? Like a three-gallon tub or something like, like a beer that. tub? You mean? Um, or a bathtub or what? No, it's like storage container. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. Well, she's she now knows that if she where. She just drag it wherever she wants to go, flip it upside down, and she can grab whatever she wants. Oh, climb on it. You yeah. Mean, and, yeah. <clears throat> well, I was sitting here just watching. Jay was sitting over in the corner um, playing his video game. Zoe came around, drugged the tub, flipped it over, got up, and she was standing right there. And Jaden, very interestingly, he just like, you need to get down. Really? Get down. Wow. Then he did something that I did not expect. He got up, gently grabbed her under the arms, picked her up, and set her down. Really? Yes, and then sat back down. Well, that's very cool. That's very cool. Most 16-year-olds wouldn't do that. They'd deck her. You know, He's... Whack! You need to get down. <laughs> whack! Well, see, that's that's an interesting... That's very gentle well, of him. And that was one of the things... As a the the father of an autistic child to a non you know autistic child, yeah. um, there is that probability of rejection. Mm. Mm. With autism, there is no middle; it's yes or no. Mm -hmm. Neither he likes you or he don't like mm -hmm. you. There is no middle. Nothing in between. Mm. And for me, that was my concern. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he. Uh, but he's. I don't know how to say this without it sounding wrong. But there, there's probably an element in him of, of um, concern, similar to what you'd see with a horse, and a small dog. Okay, if you've ever been around horses and dogs, you know that that sometimes, uh, or a small child. Let's not the dog, a child, a horse, and a small child. Most of them will steer clear of a little person because they instinctively know that they're fragile and defenseless right. and you know, unable to properly care for themselves. And, and a horse knows he's big. You know, right. He doesn't have to go around proving it to anybody. So maybe there's some of that in, in the way Jaden looks at her, too. Like, he knows he's the bigger kid. Right. And he knows he could hurt her. I'm sure he knows he could hurt oh, her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but there's something in him of gentleness that 
she just by virtue of the fact that she exists has inspired in him that makes him be gentle and loving with her you know which yeah, I'm not really saying what I want to say no I think you're you're nailing it. it it's like his expression of love for her right where mainstream kids don't have those kinds of opportunities with one another <coughs> you know oh absolutely they um they're on an equal mental level and so they fight back and forth of you know don't do this do that you know that's why kids you know will right, right. fight with one another even with that age spread but him being in the position he is mentally puts him in um i think more sensitive to her vulnerability position that makes sense because okay. he's and it's cute because he's constantly reprim not reprimanding her but you know zoe do don't do this mm -hmm. or you know get down right he's always looking out for her yeah yeah well and again the big brother thing is there you know uh just like it was with my two kids although they were only three years apart and Jaden and zoe are 10 years apart right at the same time there's that big brother protection thing or like i get in the horse with the, the right, small right. child around there they're they're cutting each other a little bit of a birth there now it'll be interesting i think in another two years to see how zoe learns to express herself with him because she's going she's probably already knows in a way that only you would see because i'm not around that much i'm around here a lot but not that much when the two of them are together uh, she probably already realizes somewhere inside her that there's a difference there that she needs to approach differently right because i haven't ever seen her do to him for example what she does to you and lacy you know, the mama, mama, yeah, mama, yeah, dad, no. dad, dad, you know, that bullshit that she pulls now and then because she wants to be picked up or picked down. Right. No, or, she doesn't do that with no, you. No, And I think there's a reason she does. Well, there's probably twofold. She probably realizes it ain't going to get her anything, <laughs> for one thing. But be beyond that, it may be that she's learning how to communicate with him on a level that will be productive for both of them from her point of view, too. Right. You know, I mean, he's getting it. But she has to grow into that because she's just two. Right. You know, and she, you can't explain to her. She will grow up sensing and then learning later that there's a difference there. Right. And that her responses with him are different when they're productive. And that isn't something you can teach her. That's something he'll teach her. Right. In their relationship. So it's going to be interesting to watch. It is. It's. It's. Hmm. That's really cute that he did that, though. But it. It's. Um, because, like, with my my mom, there's no connection. Hmm. It's just cold. You know, hmm. there's. I mean, you know, for example, um, with my my stepdad, who's who's passed on. Mm -hmm. There was a bond mm -hmm. between him and and, mm -hmm. and uh, Jaden. Mm -hmm. 
there's a a special bond, believe it or not, between Rebecca and Jaden. Oh yeah. Yeah, you should. There's wow. there's something special there. Sure. But with my mom, no, there isn't, and she wants it. My mom wants yeah. to have a relationship yeah. bond, but Jaden's like, nope. And that was kind of my thing mm. is is it's him. It's all on him, mm-hmm. and and there's no second guessing. Well, maybe this person's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Neither it's. I like this person. I don't like this mm-hmm. person. Do you and, think he likes me? Oh yeah, he talks to you. Well, yeah, he does talk to me. If he doesn't like you, he won't talk to he you. He wouldn't. Oh, okay. Because it, it's odd that he does initiate communication, verbal communication with me, which I, not odd, but I mean, it, it, I, the first few times it happened, I was like, oh, you know, he talked to me first. Cause, yeah, because I, when I talk to him, I'm, I'm careful not to throw out so much as I would some other kid that's mainstream because right. I, I don't want to overwhelm him. Um, and so I, I want to just say hi. I want to acknowledge he's here and that I'm glad he's here and that I'm glad to be here with him and stuff like that. But I don't want to go through all that with him. Right. And so I just, you know, I say, Hey, Jay, how you doing? And that's where I leave it. I don't, you know, how was school? And then I don't go there. Well, see, I and don't that's, go there. that's, and it you made know. me laugh and I, I made her mad, but I, it made me laugh. And she, she was saying something and she asked him a question. <sighs> And he said no, just flat no, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. he knows neither you like a person or not. They're mm-hmm. your, your elder. You need to answer them. He knows that. Mm-hmm. Yes, no answer is perfectly, you know, you don't Acceptable. have to elaborate. Right. Just yes, right. no, right. answer it. Anyway, she, she had asked him something and he said no. I don't remember what the question was. Mm-hmm. And then she turned around and said, well, so you don't whatever – and he goes, I told you no. There you go. That's all you need. Yeah. And now for me, and I don't know, I don't know how I know to do that. I just, um, yeah, I guess I do. Because when I first met Ernie, he was real withdrawn <laughs> and shy. Um, and I really wanted to get to know him. Right. And I somehow knew that I wasn't going to get to know him by treating him like everybody else because he isn't like anybody else. And I think that's kind of the way it is with Jay. Um, you're not going to, you're not going to go there with him. You can go there, but he won't go with you. No. And so my, my treatment of him is kind of like my treatment of Ernie in a way. It, it, I, I try to be, Gently open and here available, but <coughs> but on a very um, casual level, right? And non-demanding. I don't I don't want to put him in the first place. He's a twelve-year-old boy. I'm a seventy-three-year-old woman. Twelve-year-old boys and seventy-three-year-old women, unless they're related to one another, really don't have a hell of a lot in common. Right. And I get that. So I'm not going to try to put him in a position of communicating with me. If he wants to bring something to me, he knows I'm here now because I have made that apparent by just being here and being high J with him and then letting it go and, you know... So he knows I'm here. If, right. If he, and he has taken opportunities 
to and he god he went off on that thing what a couple of months ago when he was telling me so i had no idea what he was talking about and it was all i could do to 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 keep the conversation going when i still didn't really know what he was talking about most of the time he was talking about his computer program okay but you know me and electronics you know it's like shh, over my head and so when he and he knows way 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 more about it than i'll ever know you know but i wanted to encourage him to continue talking because i felt like he really wanted me to know what he was telling me right you know and so i tried my best to you know i had the hearing issue too and I tried my best to hear and understand what he was saying, but when I didn't understand it completely, I didn't make him elaborate. I didn't make him explain because I think he thought he was in the first place. And I think it would have put our relationship on a bad level if I had let him know how dense I was as far as what he was trying to explain to me as concerned. You know what I mean? Right. And so I, I just kind of figured I'll ask you later <laughs> if there was something that I didn't quite get in, in, about what he was saying. Because he went on and on for, what, 20 minutes or half an hour that day. He was just going on and on and on, telling me stuff about his his website and his Cartoons things that he was doing and, yeah. and everything, you know. And, I mean, I I didn't know that kid could talk that much. He never had spoken that many time that much to me in the past, you know. And I, it was great. I wanted to keep going. I didn't have a clue what we were talking about. It's kind of like talking to somebody in another language because I really didn't know what he was talking about. Oh, he can talk and talk. And I talk. know. He is my child. Yeah, yeah. There is that. In fact, there is that. <clears throat> I got home from work and he was already up, and I was laying on that couch. I was trying to go to sleep. Mm. He's talking, you know, because he. He he makes these different program. Well, he he has different programs on his laptop, um, and he makes these like little animated shorts, and mm -hmm. he's been uploading them to YouTube. He's been using this laptop because his laptop. So he's telling me about it, and he's going into detail and, and going on and on and on. And mind mm -hmm. you, I I number one, I'm sick. Number two, I just worked 13 hours. Right. Uh, going to sleep. Mm -hmm. Going to sleep. And he's like, "Are you asleep?" I'm like, huh. <laughs> Trying not to be, but yeah, I am. He just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked that's, until I, that's funny. I fell asleep. That's funny. I said, why Why didn't you wake me up? I wasn't finished listening to you. He goes, hey, you went to sleep. Wow. Well, I'm always very cautious with him because, I, like I said, I don't want to overstep my bounds with him. I don't want to pressure him or, or make him feel pressured right. uh, to do or say anything a particular way i want him to feel free to express himself his way right and it, if that includes talking with me or to me uh about something great if it doesn't that's okay too that's his choice I, you know i try to give him as much respect that way as i would another adult right you know because i think a 12 year old young man deserves that kind of respect you know frankly when you think about it, he is a 12-year-old young man. Yes. And, uh, you know, albeit one who's dealing with autism at the same time, he has a sense of self that deserves that sort of recognition, I think. Absolutely. So I don't know whether um, all the other people in his life do or feel that way about it or not, but I do, and maybe somehow he knows that or 
picks it up or something. I don't know. I hope it, he likes me. I hope he continues to to feel comfortable, you know, around me. I, it's not that I hope he likes me. I, yeah, I want him to like me, but at the same time, I'm I'm more interested that he feel comfortable around me than that he like me per se. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'd much rather that he just be comfortable enough to be himself. You know, which is all I ever really hope for any of my children is that they're comfortable enough to be themselves. You know, if they're not, I'm speaking of which, they're coming up um, the 20th. Oh, are they? Next month. We're having a little family doodad. Right on. You know, and which would be nice because we haven't seen them for two years. And right. they, they only live an hour and a half away. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it'll be good because I get to see uh, our granddaughters. We haven't seen them for a long, long time. And How many grandkids do you have? Just two. Two. One granddaughter is tw- going to be 21 in May. The other will be 16 in May. Oh, okay. And on your birthday. The younger one has your birthday. And uh, so it'll be, you know, it'll be nice. And it's going to be real laid back because um, we already decided we're just going to do the gift card thing. Right. You know, in fact, he had a list, you know, so-and-so wants... A gift card from here, here, or there, you know, <laughs> and so and so else want, you know, another gift card bunch. And I'm like, that's so easy for me. And while we're at it, we'll like a gift card from here, here, or here, you know. And, you know, for us, that's just the way to go anymore. It's just, you know. Yeah. And he was all, don't, don't feel like you have to do a whole lot of decorating and stuff. And I said, don't worry. I don't anymore. I can't, you know, I've got, Oh, I can't even. Oh, do, I yeah. don't even want to go into how many decorations I have in the garage, but wait, a lot. Wait until you come over next. I week. know, I know. She's going to decorate, isn't she, for Christmas? I was telling Ernie that, and he goes, "Where the hell is she going to put the tree?" And I said, "Well, I don't know, because it went there one year, but the TV's there now, and it went there one year, but now the brake front's there because the baby's toy house is in the kitchen where the brake front used to be. I don't know <coughs> where she's going to put the tree. I don't know." Maybe here, this is about the only space that she could give up. These plants could go into uh, the garage, you know, for the time being. I have no idea where she's going to put stuff. And don't get me wrong, folks. I I, <laughs> I love Christmas. I do. I love... Oh, I do too. But I'll tell you what. You know, two weeks putting it out and two weeks putting it away is a lot of work for decorating. Yes. It is. And I used to do it when the girls were little. Because they got a big kick out of it. I used, and I still do the mouse on the clock. We have the grandfather clock in our hall entryway. Uh huh. It doesn't work anymore, but it still sits there. And I, years ago, I found this little fake mouse with fur on it, even hair. Like, I mean, it looks like a real mouse. And I found this little tiny wreath with a little string on it, like to hang on a tiny Christmas tree. Right. Ornament like. And so I, I hot glued it to his mouth, and then I put a thing of hot glue on his tummy, and then I stuck him on the glass of the grandfather clock. So it's the he's the the mouse that ran up the clock, you know, the hickory dickory dock uh, thing from. Uh, Shit. I almost said Granny Goose. Mother Goose. Poetry. So I have a Hickory Dickory Dock 
the mouse ran up the clock decoration. That takes about three minutes to do. And I have my pull-up Christmas tree. Takes about two minutes to do. And I have a wreath that I put, if I can find it, I'll put on the front door. And I have a wreath that, if I can find it, I'll put over the big television. And that's pretty much going to be it this year. I'm not going to, I do the, the, like I said, I do the little mouse ran up the clock thing because I like to do it. I did it originally, I did it for the girls because they were little then and they thought it was so cute. Oh, right. it was the first thing they saw when they came in the house. Look at the little mouse ran up the clock. <laughs> they thought that was fun. Uh, and I'm sure that my, their father probably thinks that I do that for them still, but I don't. I do it for me because I like it, you know. So, but the rest of the decos, I'm sorry to say, most of them will, will stay in the garage. Speaking of things that I like, and this is kind of jumping back to um, our previous, the way we used to do things. But it was brought to my attention, and um, I, I thought I would share it because it just made me happy. Now, Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He's been interesting lately. Um, there was a video that got taped, or oh, how do I explain this? It was recorded off of a cell phone because everybody, even your phone, can take video. My phone, my phone does videos, yes, and pictures, yes. Well, he, I even know how to do it, actually. Really? Yeah. He brought this girl. Uh, I don't remember where he was overseas, but he um, he picked this girl up and had his way with her. But she, while he, you know, post-sex sleep, essentially, is what happened. He fell asleep. Um, she got her camera and, and recorded herself with him. <laughs> well, so it turns out that this, this lady is um, a prostitute. <laughs> and Justin Bieber's like, no, no, no. She's she just somebody I met. Then it came out that she was... Uh, well, she was a prostitute. Oh, she was also a transvestite. No, no, no. <laughs> she was a um, porn actress in in oh. this country. Oh. And now Justin Bieber put out. Well, we didn't do nothing. She just kind of hung out at the party for a little mm. too long. Mm. We didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of made me laugh. But the thing that made me laugh the most is there. He's going to have a tour in Australia. Uh, coming up here soon. Yeah. He can't sell any tickets in Australia because... Can't get it up down under? Is that... (laughs) Really? Well, think about it. Because who's his primary audience? Oh, girls. 14, 15-year-old girls. Or, no, 8, 9, 10 to 14, 15-year-old girls. Even younger than 8. But this coming out with him being with a prostitute and he's peeing on people and he's spitting on people, just turning losing his audience. Yes. Well, there probably a lot of parents of the seven, eight, nine-year-old girls that are going. I don't want my daughter idolizing. No. This. So, so maybe I don't know. So, but the thing that, that cracked me up is that. Uh, they were talking about bringing in a scalper and giving them tickets and saying, okay, we'll split half with you. Just sell these tickets. Oh, my God. And he couldn't do it. 
can't sell tickets. He can't sell, he can't sell the tickets. That's so they're actually thinking about canceling the, the Australian interesting. tour. Interesting. Uh, you did see, probably. Well, maybe not. You've been sick. Miss No Talent walked home with the big prize last night in the AMA Awards. Did she really? Yeah. What did she get? Best oh, song of the year? Of the, oh, Entertainer of the, of the year. year. Entertainer of the Year. Unbelievable. Isn't that appalling for someone who's so untalented? How does that happen? <laughs> How? Plus, the, you know, I told you she was getting like this Lifetime Achievement Award thing or some shit. Right. Like, what in the hell? I know there are lots and lots and lots of entertaining country. Well, an AMA isn't even country. AMA is... American Music Awards. Period, yeah. There's so many talented musicians out there, well-known and not so well-known, who more than deserve that award. Right. And she gets it. I don't, I don't understand. I don't. I don't. I, I've given up. Well, I kind of have, too. But, I mean, you know, I was sort of willing to rethink my stance on Miley Cyrus because of uh, Ellen. what Ellen DeGeneres said about her being uh, one of the smartest women in entertainment that she knew, and I thought, wow, well, that's that carries a lot of weight with me because I consider her to be pretty smart. Right. And if she really thinks Miley Cyrus is that smart, I need to learn more about Miley Cyrus because I haven't seen that evidenced so far. But um, I don't. I mean, I know the camera likes her for the most part. I've seen her photographed as everyone has. Right. Uh, and in movies and whatnot, videos and things. And yeah, she, you know, the camera does like her. She looks good when photographed. But, um, I don't know. There's so <laughs> many people that can sing circles around her. Like I said, well known or even not well known. Right. That it's almost insulting to the award system in a way for them to give her that award. In my opinion. Only. I think that's our cue. Yeah, I think so. Are we done? Oh, yeah, I'm Man. hearing. I'm hearing her stirring around in the, the background. Go, uh, pretty soon it's gonna be daddy, daddy, daddy. Mima won't come on my, <laughs> my cell phone or whatever. All right. So did we get done what we were starting yeah, out to do? Absolutely. So next week we're gonna do auditions audition. for Yatnam's uh, storyline for my character who yes. has yet to be named the madam. Yeah, the madam. We're going to be interesting to see what you come up with. I might write one myself. Okay. Too. Yeah, why, why the hell not? See. Yeah, go ahead. Go Just ahead. Just to see what uh, what kind. Uh, maybe I'll get Ernie to help me. Yeah. A scene? Get, or, uh, uh, yeah, for like... You, like you were, you were gonna do the the scene where she greets the samurai, right? Yeah. As long as it's in the city, because that's yeah. that's where it's got to be is yeah. in the city. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we will find out next week. Okay. Okay. So for this week, I am a sick David K. Montoya. Bless your heart. <laughs> and I am as yet a well S. Sadie Burbank. And you heard what we think, and you heard the kid in the background. So yeah, we now. know what she thinks. <laughs> and now you know. See you next week. Good night. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S.A. Burbank Podcast. <laughs>
Hey, see, I came up with more. Google it. Not what we know, because we don't know shit.